0: Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. And my guest this week is Shlelo Gyose. He is the Chief Investment Officer of First Avenue Investments. Shlelo, welcome to the MoneyWeb Studio. Earlier, I looked at a graph of the SWIX Of course, the shareholder-weighted all-share index, um, and it is the benchmark for many unit trusts and collective investment schemes in in, in South Africa. Year-to-date, it's down 13.5%, and over the past 12 months, around 11%. uh, A dreadful performance, um, and that is in nominal terms, excluding inflation. What is your sense of this performance and where we are going?
1: Well, if you open it up a little bit more, uh, I think there's there's a, a... disconnecting fortunes between different sectors in there. I think year-to-date, if you were to look at it, the resource sector is up in absolute terms. I forget what the number is, but it's in double digits. Uh, and the uh, FINDY, financials, financials and industrials, I know is down. Uh, it's down 13% or so. So when you look at uh, what the SWIX is today, it is purely because... The financials and industrial sectors have been very depressed, and, and the reason why is because those are the sectors that have um, caught most of the angst related to both uh, what's been going on in South Africa in the past few years, but also emerging markets. When you look at company like, for instance, uh, Enhesa Bush, uh, which is not in the stocks I know, but uh, how it's performed because of its woes in Brazil and some of its woes here. But in any case, it has, South Africa being an emerging market has also suffered from, from that. But commodities and resources, because they supply into the global growth environment uh, or the glo- a global, global growth narrative uh, that's driven for the most part uh, by the United States and, of course, supported by China, you know that's fared a lot better. That's a disconnect, though. I mean, China has been really terrible this year, and I'm not really certain why your biggest customer, China, goes into the doldrums and mining companies here haven't been in the doldrums, but we think that's coming.
0: But this is not only a South African story. We are seeing a lot of pressures around the world. China is down around 24% year-to-date. Then the U.S. has also seen a correction. Where do you think we are in the investment cycle?
1: This is really late cycle it's late 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 cycle here um i mean china is already experiencing uh convulsions um uh, not just from the trade war there's of course that at all but from its own growth model which is debt fueled uh I, someone used a term the other day uh i can't remember who that um uh, china has a um um china has a uh uh debt iceberg. So what you see on top is obviously government debt, which is uh, which has really good credit. But below that, these are guarantees to state-owned enterprises worth $7 trillion. Um, and you know that debt is a lot bigger uh, than the creditworthiness of state-owned enterprises on their own. So they have a bunch of ASCOMs going on over there and SAAs going on over there. And, and some of those SOEs, if not up, most of them in way, have issued bonds. Uh, and those bonds, their credit default swaps have gone through the roof, meaning that the insurance necessary um, to protect yourself in case of a default, that price has shut up. So no wonder the government of China is really trying to show up confidence through talking above all, But uh, promising to also bail out companies, both private, by the way, and state-owned, to try to help the economy um, and help enterprise over in China. Is it working? Well, we don't – not yet. No, it's not working yet. It will take a little while to work. Um, Some of the measures they've they've announced will take a while to work. If you you tell someone, you know, I'll give you a tax cut or I'll get a tax cut at the end of the year, 12 months. But I need to be alive to get it up. point of a tax cut. It may, I may have losses up until then. If you tell companies, for instance, foreign companies in, the United, in, in China not to leave but to invest CapEx in China, uh, not to leave because of trade wars but to invest CapEx in China, well, they think about it and say, well, you know, my CapEx cycle is coming up not this year but next year. And if this trade war is protracted, do I really want to be in China or do I want to be in Vietnam? So we don't know if it's working yet. It certainly hasn't been enough time to work. What we do know is the trouble that is actually brewing in the economy now. It is terrible, terrible trouble. Um, the economy, obviously, now we saw it officially. They put out a number of 6.5%, which is down from 6.7%. But the real economy, the real pace at which the economy is growing in China is a lot slower. Um, and I think we are, we are all going to be shocked and surprised at how much more, the economy would have slowed down when they put out the next number.
0: But we are seeing some of the best correlated economic growth in the many decades. The U.S. will probably grow at its fastest uh, pace this year than, in, than many years before. Uh, yes. But you, you seem to be quite negative that this growth can uh, stall and stall quite quickly. You know, a couple of things have happened here. I think
1: not, not many folks realize how much Donald Trump has spiked the punch bowl. When he got into office and, you know, true to his ego, he wants to be remembered as the best American president ever or the best president in America's history. And so he's not going to have a boom market and an economic expansion crumble on him. He wants to extend it about as many times and as, and as far out as he can. If he can't be president for eight years, meaning two terms, and have the economy growing in each one of those years, he will do it. And so when he got in, the first thing he did was he deregulated industry. It gave industry a few more legs or a few more pillars from which they could generate additional revenue, additional growth, by not having to contend with the regulatory measures. And people like Jamie Dimon say that, the guy from J.P. Morgan, one of the reasons why their results are so good is because of what he did in deregulating part of the financial services industry. The next thing he did in order to extend growth really, because the cycle could have ended, but to extend growth... He cut taxes. He cut taxes for corporates and for the wealthy. Uh, and so that extended the economic expansion in the U.S., which by definition also expanded earnings growth. And now, this year, which is his uh, second year now, he's been in office two years. And during the midterms, he was talking about a tax cut now for the middle income uh, without having accepted that the tax cut before was for the rich, but now for the middle income. And he wanted to use that to encourage middle-income people that may potentially vote Democrat to stay Republican. And if, if he did that, he would again have the House, have the Senate and the one House to be in sync as Republican and pass another law to extend economic growth. Well, that plan has has stopped dead in its tracks because the House is with Democrats and they are not passing any more um, stim- stimulatory uh, packages uh, and policies that, that Trump is proposing. So, what that tells you is we have had good growth in the system, which he created by extending economic expansion. We've also had inflation from that and from trade tariffs. He's loading up again in trade tariffs from 10 to 25% on January 1st. And yet, we don't see where the next growth trajectory is coming from policy-wise. We also know monetary policy, interest rates aren't going down. So, where is growth coming from? From here onwards, where is it coming from? We might, we might be looking at peak earnings today and we might be looking at even further rising inflation um, and slowing GDP growth.
0: But you have unemployment in the U.S. at all time lows. There is a big consumer drive in the U.S. that might support the current economic growth. Uh, but do you think we can see, as many economists predict, a recession by 2020 in the us do you think that is as a possibility
1: i think I think it's a i mean it's a real possibility by the way economic growth is year on year so if you are talking about we have unemployment at record lows this year um if you want to grow the economy therefore next year economic growth has to go from i think well unemployment pardon me has to go from three point seven percent to three point five to three point three to three point two and you know That's what grows economic, uh, grows economy alongside wages, okay, which brings inflation, which brings interest rates. It it doesn't help that Trump is hell bent on subjugating China to becoming a number two. And they have to agree to it to become a number two country through tariffs. I mean, he's not, America is not disadvantaged one bit. As you pointed out, great employment numbers, great wealth creation on the stock market, great industry, it's not poor but he just wants China to agree to be number two, not number one. And until China signs that agreement, as Japan did in 1990, by the way, until China signs that agreement, we're going to have a 25% tariff. So if you have 25% tariff, tell me where's growth coming from? Where's 3.3 or 3.5 unemployment? That is a drop in unemployment. Where is that going to come from if you don't have another stimulus measure like tax cuts? So where's growth coming from? A lot of capex... Uh, or a lot, of, a lot of the benefits, by the way, of the tax cuts, the first round, of, well, the tax cuts he put in place have gone into share buybacks. So we've had, we have great profit, profitability in the, in the United States today, which, makes it, which is what makes it difficult to believe there'll be a recession. But if I'm going to grow on the great profits I have this year to next year,
0: how will that happen? Let's talk about markets. How do you right. invest in such a market? Well,
1: I, I think, look, First Avenue's posture will always be able to be conservative. And conservative does not mean that you run with 15, 20 percent cash. I mean, we'll, we'll never propose that. Our, pro, our proposition is very simple at all times, seek companies that have um, as stable a growth as possible. Uh, if not in absolute terms, at least relative to other companies. And the reason why you have to have as stable a growth as possible is because when volatility hits, depending on when you invested, when volatility hits and share prices exhibit volatility, okay, share prices do not go below your end price. That is a point. And if they go below your end price on weak companies that you've invested in, you may not get that money back. So always protect your capital.
0: But your biggest shareholding or your top investment in both your Sundam collective investment focused fund as well as your, just your collective investment right. equity fund is NASPERS, right. uh, over 20%. So the way to
1: look at that, the way to look at that is take our NASPERS and add to our NASPERS other cyclical sectors like resources um, and then add to that it's very small, obviously, construction companies, and then add to that even smaller um, uh, property companies, and add to that even smaller furniture companies, okay? What is our exposure to cyclicality? What is our exposure to companies with quote-unquote high beta or quote-unquote high volatility? It's very small. We probably have the lowest exposure, despite having NASPERS at that level, we probably have the lowest exposure to cyclical businesses in the country, on the stock market, that is. And by the way, what is the reason why we have uh, you know, NASPERS at that level? NASPERS, because said, all said and done, this is a great quality company. We have a low end price at it. We're not about to sell this company. You, know, you need to be, if you're going into an environment that we're talking about, you just need to make sure that you're not going to go and sell low. Now you will sell low because some companies will be looking at potential bankruptcy in cyclical com- in, in cyclical industries. Nasdaq is not in that position, so we'll hold this company right through. But we'll continue to have an advantage because relative to the market, to the index, relative to our peers, we have the least cyclical fund.
0: I appreciate that, but investors don't always look at it like that. Yes, you, you know, investors look at one year, three year. Performance levels and base investment decisions on those. How yes. do you tie those two together?
1: Well, in fact, that's a great point because um, there are some companies and some sectors, but I shouldn't really say sectors because that's more like a macro view. There are some companies that you have no business owning if you want to create wealth. I mean, you really don't have business any business owning a mining company if you want to create wealth on one condition that you have a three-year investment horizon or more, by the way. It really should be five, but, you know, let's cut people some slack that some of them don't have the attention span that, that goes further than three years. If you have at least three years and more, you really do not need to own a mining company. Why don't you need to own a mining company? Because the level of movement and share price of volatility is such that you never quite time the bottom to buy in. You time somewhere, uh, you, you get in somewhere in the middle of an upswing or three-quarters up the upswing, but then you tend to get out a lot lower than where you got in. And those companies, a lot of them are wonderful candidates for bankruptcy in recessions. They, some of them, most of them, just never come back. Now, tell me that's the case with NASPERS. If you hold it, even if you happen to have bought it higher, will NASPERS come back and take NASPERS versus Pick a company, Martin Roberts, Group 5, Lawnmen, you know, Implats, Implats. Which one do you think will come back and but, come back quicker?
0: But NASPAS is based on a Chinese internet company, uh, which is under pressure, uh, regulatory pressure. Uh, I don't think they will, you know, be bankrupt But the performance in the short and medium term could be worse than some of the other big international technology stocks.
1: Sure. I mean, it could slow down. I mean, gaming, I think, anyway, is slowing down. But think about it. You know, this is the number one gaming company in the world. Think about it. Number one gaming company. You know, its structural advantages are so strong that in its industry, there will be many other companies that will fall out before it does. So look at it this way, that you are at the safer end of, of, you know, of a bad neighborhood, which we've just pinned out. It's, it's a bad neighborhood going on in China, right? But, you know, you are the Microsoft. You are the Amazon. I mean, who's going to go down first, Kmart or Amazon? Sure.
0: We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Shlelo. That was Shlelo Giyose. He is the Chief Investment Officer of First Avenue Investments.